No! Ed is gone, and this historian is heartbroken. Plus, Corey's leading boot camps now. Emerald Cell continues to feel themselves. Emmanuel and Tori continue to feel each other. Vets continue to stick together. We get the legendary pole wrestling elimination. And Amanda teaches Kyle how having a baby actually works. It's the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies. Episode 11 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things. MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today on today's podcast. It's a big one. We are talking all things Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 11. And we are going to do our very best to keep the energy and the positive cheer, even though we here at The Challenge Historian are super duper sad that our guy Ed, rookie favorite Ed, circle alum, challenge favorite, hopefully longtime challenger Ed, all around great guy Ed has gone home. And we are very sad about that. But that's, of course, you know, we're going to get to that elimination. We're going to get to Ed's departure. We're going to get to Kyle's win, as well as everything else that went down on this episode. We're going to try to do so without being too bummed out here. Um, however, we will not be using our regular agenda format for this one because, well, didn't really fit the episode as well as usual. So we are going to start things off, as always. We're going to stick to the same beginning where we do a Cliff Notes recap of everything that just happened so we can get our brains wrapped around the episode once again. But then we are going to follow that up by running through basically the entire episode segment by segment, segment by segment of the episode. That's a bit different than a normal main story, secondary stories, than athletic events. But it's just going to be all three of those segments as one. It just works a little easier for this particular episode. After that, we will then hand out our typical five awards, best quote, best moment, best and worst strategy, and MVP, and then update those power rankings and check in on our season-long predictions. One housekeeping note before we begin. If you are listening to this and you are thinking, boy, you know what I could really use? Even more of Jacob talking about this particular episode of The Challenge. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, guess what? If that's you, you are in luck because this week I have the absolute honor of joining our pals from across the pond, Levi and George, on the Redditors React podcast. You've likely heard me shout them out in that podcast out a time or two during this season. I think they've got an absolutely great show of their own, and I'm very, very excited to be a guest on it this week. So that will be posted on Friday on the Redditors React podcast feed. So if you want to see that, Redditors React any uh, find it on any of the major platforms. So I highly encourage you check them out any any week. I think you should check them out any week if you're looking for a good recap show. They do an awesome job, but especially this one because I will be there talking to other humans about this wonderful show instead of just myself and my computer screen. And man, that's gonna be really nice. So check that out. Anyways, let's get to actually just talking to myself about this episode because it was legit great, at least I thought. So here we go. First things first, we got to do our Cliff Notes recap, kind of go back through and talk about everything that happened from a plot and, uh, you know, 
story standpoint on this episode, episode 11 of Spies, Lies, and Allies. We'll do it as quickly as we can, but as usual, these episodes are action-packed. A lot is going down. So here's everything that happened. Cliff Notes version, episode 11, Spies, Lies, and Allies. Three, two, one, let's go. Kyle is still kind of being a dick about being on Team Ruby, and Corey is bummed out by it. Meanwhile, Nani tells Ashley straight up that she sometimes doesn't trust her, but appreciates her making straight up moves of late. In in a twist, Ashley takes those words very well. Then it's time for boot camp. This time, it's Corey leading the way, not Nelson, as he wants to whip Team Ruby into shape. Most of them, not so into it at the start, but eventually they come around and they do get a good sweat in and seem to have some fun as a team. Then it's phone call time, and we get a bunch of them. I should say Zoom call, not a phone call. They get the video and everything. Ed calls his mom, Tammy, who, shout out Tammy. She was on the circle with Ed. She's awesome. Love Tammy. Big T calls her sister, and then Nelson calls his mom, and then Kyle calls his girlfriend, Vicky, who is six months pregnant, and he gets to see the ultrasounds, and it's all very sweet. And that Zoom call for Kyle leads to him asking Amanda about giving birth. And turns out Kyle has no idea what that entails, and hilarity ensues. Then we get Emmanuel and Tori getting really silly together and maybe getting romantic after all the silliness dies down. And then we're off to that daily challenge. It's called Satellite Sabotage. Each team sits high above the water on a contraption that has a bunch of thin platforms spread out around it in a big circle. One at a time, you've got to jump from platform to platform all the way around that circle. At the last one, you have to jump off of the platform, grab a plug on your way down. Other teams are spraying you with hoses the whole time. The team with the most plugs, the fastest, wins. Sapphire goes first. And leadoff man, CT, proves yet again he can do anything on this show and gets across. No problem. However, no one else on his team can do it, and a score of one they end with. Then Ruby's next. Corey starts by getting it done. One point right away. Kyle goes next and gets it done too, but instead of jumping straight off the last one and grabbing the plug like instructed, he jumps on top of the platform, rips the plug out while sitting up there, then jumps off. That's against the rules. They don't realize it. Logan goes at the end. He grabs one for Ruby, so they think they've got three when really they only have two. Emerald goes last. Josh falls because he's Josh. Casey steps up and gets it done, as does Devin. They get a score of two. Ruby celebrates like they have won, but TJ informs them that Kyle made that mistake. His doesn't count, and Emerald got there too faster than Ruby. They are the actual winners. Back of the house, there are six guys on the chopping block, and they all know it. The two rookies, Ed and Logan, are thinking it's obviously going to be one of them thrown in as the rookies. And at deliberation, Ed steps up. He says that Logan is hurt, and he doesn't want to see his friend go in hurt. So he would rather be the one picked if they have to pick a rookie. But he also makes it known he will not pick Logan to go against. It will be a vet going against him. Emerald obliges anyways and picks Ed at the lair. It's clearly pole wrestle, a banger, and Ed has no idea who to go against. He makes what everyone there thinks is the worst possible choice and picks Kyle, who has won this very game two times prior. It's a war, it's a battle, but Kyle uses his experience, his length to strategize better, weather the beating from Ed, and sees his moments when they present themselves. Kyle wins two straight rounds, send Ed home. A decision needs made, and Kyle shows straight away what he wants. He is leaving Ruby and infiltrating Sapphire, not Emerald, because he wants to be with CT. And in doing so, he sends Nelson over to Ruby to join his pal, Corey. And that is where this episode ends. Whew. All right. So that's everything that happened. Now let's actually talk about and give some opinions about all that stuff we just said and move into the next segment, which again will be a full episode breakdown. And we're putting three segments into one. Here we go with that. So there really wasn't a like one main, main storyline of this episode the way that there 
most episodes there usually is very clearly one you know we know early on these two or three people seem to be the central point of this this one you know this battle between this person or this person or this alliance and this alliance whatever this episode didn't quite have that it was a little bit more of a mixed bag as all these teams try to kind of you know, weigh out where they all stand, how good they are, if they like their team, what the new game's going to entail, all this stuff. Um, so that is why we are not going to do our usual, let's talk through the whole main story and walk through the episode through that lens. And then let's just talk briefly about a couple secondary stories. And then let's talk about the athletic events. No, we're just going to do it all in one running order, kind of by the four large segments of the actual show itself. So that is kind of everything that happens pre-daily challenge, the daily challenge, everything that happens back at the house, deliberation, and then the elimination in the layer. So those are kind of, this is a traditional episode. You get the house, you get the daily, you get the house, you get the, the elimination. And so we're going to go through it in those four kind of segments and talk about a few things from, from each of those. So let's start with back of the house, everything pre-daily challenge, the first chunk of the show, and a couple things to talk about within that first one. Ruby's woes continue. We open the very the very beginning of the episode, and Kyle is now not even in the confessional room, but he's redoing one of his. I think it might we might even picked it as the best quote last week. Um, his "I love Ruby" line right to Corey's face, right in front of everyone. He's just mocking his team, and Corey doesn't get he gets upset he gets bummed out about it this time so they they don't come to blows they don't you know argue they don't call each other out or anything which after the last few episodes we thought i right when kyle started doing that i'm like oh we're going to just start with Corey getting kyle's face nope Corey's just kind of bummed out about it but he decides to be continue to try to be team leader and says you know what all you guys just need a firm whip in the ass i'm gonna bring you out to my boot camp i'm gonna set up a hard workout for me, and I'm going to make all of you do it with me, to which all of them say, mm, maybe not, maybe Corey could just do it at the first. Uh, it, it's probably just the way they edited it, because eventually everyone does the boot camp with them. All of them end the workout together, and all seem very sweaty, very good workout in, but either the way it happened or the way they edited it, they make it sound like, all right, Corey's getting this boot camp, it's all set up, hey guys, here we go. And then Corey does all of the different stations on his own and everyone just kind of watches. And I'm like, is this just, hey, team, watch me work out and be inspired by me working out? So got a good laugh before Corey did eventually sway everyone, even Big T, who loved the comment of it's midday sun. I can't work out in the midday sun. Thought that was hilarious. But she did. She crushed it. They all crushed it. They all put the workout in. Even Kyle. Kyle comes around and says all... He's kind of joking around during it, but he's still running. He's still picking some things up. So uh, they get they get their little boot camp in, and it, it kind of signals that maybe Team Ruby is coming around. Maybe they're gonna like each other a little bit. Maybe they're realizing that our team, you know, doesn't suck just because we think the other two teams are a little better. Like the team doesn't suck. There's still there's still a lot of good competitors on the whole team across the board. So their woes kind of start to turn. Then. We get a big, long kind of backstory segment of a bunch of a uh, bunch of Zoom calls in a row, and with this uh, one, it was it was pretty uh, hasn't happened in a long time that we've seen a series of these Zoom calls. You know, we get like last week we got Amanda calling home and uh, to chat with I forget who it was, uh, just a friend of hers, I believe, taking care of her. You know, uh, 
a baby boy. And usually we get like the one of them, the one person calling home to their, their significant other or to hear their kid or whatever. But it's been, I mean, I don't remember the last time they gave us four in a row. I can remember, you know, way, way back early early seasons, you know, the first 10 to 15 seasons, they used to always have the cell phone in the house where it was like everyone gets 10 minutes a day and there would be episodes where you'd be like, see the people fight over, like, no, it's my turn. Like the phone's going to die. We're going to have to charge it. Like I get my 10 minutes, your 10 minutes are up. Like get off the phone. Famously the Abram phone call on the Island that his construction company was falling apart. He goes home. Johnny bananas gets to stay there. Biggest. What if one of them in challenge history, I remember all those, but it's been a while since we've seen a montage of Zoom calls like this, but we get four of them. We get Ed. He calls Tammy. And if you don't know, Tammy is Ed's mom. She's amazing. She's awesome. Go follow her on Instagram. She's a blast, a complete hoot. She was on, for those who did not see Ed on The Circle, which is the Netflix social media reality competition um, show that they're now pumping out seasons of. They got three or four uh, English language one. They got a couple more from other countries, all all kinds of stuff. Ed was on season one, but when he went on the circle, he played with his mom. That was like the whole thing. He wasn't even on the show all that long, but he made a huge impact because it wasn't just Ed. It was Ed and Tammy both there playing together. Tammy's the best. Um, so loved getting to see her pop onto the challenge screen. Then we get Big T, calls her sister. And all I got to say is every single moment like this with Big T is just a reminder that this is hands down just the sweetest person in the world. She's just the best person. Everything she says, everything she does is just so lovable and so wonderful and so sweet. Um, and this was even more of that. Getting to see her talk with her sis um, and talk game and talk, you know, missing home and all that. We then get Nelson, calls his mom, his mom who always is worried for him and who, quote, yells at TJ through the screen at making her son do all this crazy stuff. Um, so it's nice to get a little moment like that with Nelson and nice to hear Nelson be vulnerable and admit, you know, he, I think he says something to the effect of, I wasn't the easiest kid. I didn't make my mom's life easy by any means. And I appreciate, you know, that how she put up with that and the man she turned me into. So that was really sweet, really vulnerable, really cool moment to hear a little bit of that from Nelson. And then we get Kyle and Kyle calls Vicky which is his uh, girlfriend who is at this time in, in the show, what we're seeing is six month pregnant. Now in real life, they just had the little baby crew. Uh, I don't know, maybe been two or three weeks, maybe a month or so, a month at least now. I think he actually just posted about one month uh, or something recently. But uh, in the show's timeline, what we're seeing, she is six months pregnant. She shares an ultrasound with Kyle. It is a sweet moment for a guy who's in his challenge career, Ben, you know, the kind of the kind of ladies man, the making the jokes, the personality, the all the stuff. We, we never, haven't necessarily gotten this sweet, cuddly side of like soon to be dad Kyle, who is, you know, getting real emotional, seeing the ultrasound. It is wonderful to see, and it leads to possibly the best moment of the entire episode, which is after his Zoom call, and he's really, you know, thinking like, oh my gosh, this kid's about to be here, I'm about to be a dad, Vicky's about to give birth, and he asks Amanda about giving birth, and Amanda fills Kyle in, in a big way, an eye-opening way for our guy, Kyle, who, had, I guess, um, 
I don't know how a man who is clearly, you know, long, long been, a, uh, he's, a, he's a sexual being to say the least, especially in, in our time, knowing him on screen, he, you know, a very sexual being. Um, you would think that a guy like this has some idea of maybe how the, the process of giving birth works. And clearly Kyle has never given it one single thought before or even considered the fact that the medical miracle that it is might be a little bloody, might be a little gross, might be a little, you know, a, a little a little harder than what he says is, I thought the baby would just come out with a bow on its head and say like, what's up, what's up, son, here we go. Not so much. Amanda fills him in and has a, a damn good time doing it. They ask if he'll cut the umbilical cord. He is, Kyle is beyond just... The emotions going across his face in this moment are fantastic as he not only is, I'm hoping this literally happened right after he got off the Zoom. He went out there and was like, oh my God, I saw the ultrasound and that like led to the conversation because he's got all these thoughts, all these feelings bubbling up of like, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm away. I'm trying to win this money because I'm I'm a baby coming and like the baby's almost here. Like when I left, it was, you know, we had just learned about it, but now it's, it's almost here. It's going to be here whenever I get back. Like, oh my gosh. And then he gets kicked with the, are you going to cut the umbilical cord? You know, it's going to be super bloody. You know, she's going to scream. You're going to pass out, man. Like, you're definitely going to pass out. Like, it's going to be it's this horrifying thing, whatever. And everything going through his face is just amazing. And love love that Amanda got to be the one to deliver all of, all of these uh, life lessons to Kyle. And love that Kyle is the one we get to see go through all of this thought process. Oh my, oh my God, what is birth like? What is it going to be like for me to be there? Am I, how am I going to do? How am I going to handle it? Loved every bit of that. And the, the final thing just to say on this whole, the whole segment we get of all the backstory is a really great job by the editing crew on this, that in the moment you're kind of like, oh my gosh, we're getting four different zoom calls home. Like that's crazy. Normally, you know, again, if there was more of a kind of main, main story of this episode, it would have been like, we get the Kyle call and that's it. And like the focus is Kyle and you kind of start to realize, oh man, Kyle's clearly going into elimination. But instead, they very smartly and because they're all good moments, they're all worth seeing, we get Ed, Big T, Nelson, Kyle, but knowing it's a male elimination, we having Ed, Nelson, and Kyle all in there, all getting a little moment like that makes it very much more suspenseful later in the episode when, when Ed can't decide who he wants to go against you, I really had no idea from an editing standpoint. Normally, in that moment, they take the commercial break and and you know Ed hasn't decided who he's going to go against. And you would probably during that commercial break very easily be able to be like, oh, it's, it's you know it's obviously this person because of we've seen this person five times on this episode talk about this that and the other. On this one, I was like, I don't know. They they gave Nelson some shine throughout. They gave Kyle plenty of shine throughout. Like could pick either one of them. They gave Corey. Uh, it happens later on, but the, the the shot of him looking at his kids, and he's definitely heavily involved in this episode. So great job on the edit from that front of let's give all of these guys their due, all of them a little time, and also just to keep that suspense up. The final thing then from the the pre-daily challenge was the Manuel Tori. Uh, they like being weird together. Uh, we did, I think this is going to count on our Yesterday on our Tuesday review preview pod, we said that we'd finally get the Emmanuel Tory romance hookup. I think this counts. They end up in bed together at night, even if they are spinning the spinning the 
the duvet cover or the blanket or whatever they're using around with their feet and saying they're making pizza and telling each other how they just appreciate how weird each other are. Um, seems romantic to them, so I'm going to call it romantic, call that a win. Um, but my main comment on the whole little like kind of two-minute montage we get of them doing all kinds of stuff together, they're in the pool, they dress a man well up in some of Tori's clothes and uh, someone, someone I'm guessing maybe Big T's or anyone, I don't know, someone's wig and um, he parades around the house, he does his own little fashion show, he's strutting up and down the stairs around the kitchen. My main comment, while I loved it, and I love that these two are just having so much fun and are clearly kind of kindred spirits in uh, how to have fun in a house where you have no connection to the outside world, but is it just me or is the rest of the house not interested at all? It feels like the, the moment this was over, I was like, oh man, they, they didn't have any, really any shots of that many people even like reacting to any of this going on, to them doing this for much of a crowd. They kind of in the kitchen a little, but it seemed like everyone was kind of just like, oh, all right, Emmanuel's dancing around in some uh, skimpy outfit and a wig on. Great, cool. Tori's cheering it on. All right, cool. So found that very interesting and funny. Both funny, they were being funny. Interesting that the rest of the house maybe wasn't super into it. I don't know if I'm just reading way too much into very short clips, but is there a world where Tori and Emmanuel kind of isolate themselves because everyone's like, ah, those guys are just, they're off being weird and loud and doing crazy shit again and it's kind of annoying or whatever. Is there is there any possibility of that in the future? Don't know, but just throwing it out there as a kind of, as a theory of something that could happen based off this very short clip and just kind of running with uh, the smallest of threads there. Um, is this all that it's going to be or will there be more to come? They've definitely, you know, this is three or four episodes in the making where they've hinted at it, hinted at it, hinted at it. And now we get at least them like actually hanging out and they, you know, whatever happens in bed happens. We only see them just sitting there and, you know, chatting and laughing and whatever, but it is at night. Everyone else seems to be sleeping. Um, so is this, is it, is this it? Is this what we were building towards? Or are we going to get a full blown romance to come in the episodes to come? And if so, same as I was just kind of saying, how would that affect the, you know, the alliances and everything else and where people stand and would it be the type of romance that makes them want to defend each other or the type of romance where Tori's like, yeah, this is fun, but you're still the rookie on my team and you're going in. Sorry, like Josh and Josh and Devin, I got their back. Like you're going into elimination if it's got to be that way. So we'll see if we get more than that. One final note on it. Uh, very quick, and I just have to say it because it's just, it happened. I've seen it one too many times on Instagram and Twitter, and I've uh, heard it one too many times on podcasts. The Jordan comparisons need to stop. Just because Jordan, on the last season we saw him on Total Madness, had a bowl cut and a mustache, and now everyone's just comparing, like, comparing Emmanuel and Jordan, and yes, the side-by-side pictures of that particular season is is funny to laugh at and be like, oh, Tori's got a thing for bull cuts, haha. But the comparison's got to stop for this reason. Emmanuel's great, really enjoying him, really loving him, would love to see him come back on multiple more seasons. He's fantastic. But Jordan is maybe the best athlete this show has ever seen. Um, he's one of the best athletes I've ever seen, period. Um, he is a multi-time champion. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has a very different personality than this guy that he is being compared to. And both for his sake and not comparing a rookie, you know, 10 episodes in 
to a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it, one of the most entertaining to ever do it, and also, in fairness to Emmanuel, to not be like, oh, you're the new Jordan, because that's lofty. Let's just stop, shall we? So that's all I got to say about that. Let's talk about the Daily Challenge now. That was segment number two of the show then. Uh, a long one, but a good one. And normally, sometimes when the Daily Challenge takes up such a big chunk of the show, I can, you know, I'm kind of one that's, I like some of the stuff in the house a little bit more from time to time. But this one, really good Daily Challenge. I liked it a lot, so I was totally fine with how much it took up. I very much enjoyed all parts of it. I would say probably eight out of 10 on this one. Um, in the top of that good range, as always, I kind of say nine and 10 are like great all time. That's awesome. Seven and eight's like, that was really good. Five and six is like, eh, that was fine. Like whatever. And four and below is like, we could do better. So an eight out of 10, you get the visuals of the falls, which is fantastic. And MTV clearly, they, they love, they love one thing more than seeing someone fall brutally into the water, and that is someone throwing up. If they could have people throw up as they fall horribly, horrifyingly into the water, that would be their fever dream over there at Buna Murray and MTV. But the their second favorite thing in the world is making people fall horrifying fashion into the water. So you get the good visuals of that. It is legitimately challenging. I think this would be very hard. I'm not surprised that so few people actually completed it. Um, I almost felt like I knew all the rules, so that's that's always a plus, although there was one, I, I could never know all the rules. I said almost all the rules, which is, a, which is a plus. Sometimes I have a lot of questions. This one, I only had one question on the on the, the arms, as they were calling them, but each platform, there was a little line about halfway down, and it seemed like at first, the first team that went, it seemed like you had to stay on the outside of that line. You couldn't just go right up to the, the middle of the contraption and just like step onto the next platform because they're way closer together there. You had to stay out at the end and jump and they got further and further apart. But then the second two teams as they go, it seemed like people were kind of staying on the inside. They're clearly on the inside of the line. And then I started thinking, do they have to, can they jump onto any part of the arm, but then they have to move out beyond the line before they jump again. They just have to jump from outside the line, but can land anywhere. I was a little confused on that, but it didn't really ultimately come to matter that much. Um, And I also love when the other teams get to fuck with you. Any challenge where the other team gets to fuck with you uh, offers up a whole host of strategic gameplay that can be had which sometimes can lead to less interesting actual challenges but more interesting banter and strategy and bickering between the teams this one everyone went full force at each other that's good love a sponsor love a cash prize and a sponsor i would love for the challenge to bring daily challenge prizes back i always found that to be a really fun aspect of the older seasons so all around eight out of ten good challenge itself let's talk about how each of the three teams did we had the sapphire cell and uh, Sapphire Cell CT crushes it. Um, you know, he almost falls the one time, but which actually, for once, the edit actually faked me out. Usually when they do the, are, are, will they, won't they fall or fail or whatever at the at the challenge, and it go, cuts to commercials, you almost always are like, yes, it will 100% be this. I'm not very faked out by this. This one, I was actually like 100%, oh, he's going in. And then he did not, and he completed it. So hats off to CT. Nelson's happy place, which is just him and Corey hanging out, I guess. Um, Felt like they could have done a little bit more with that fun and funny edit that they did on the confessional, but 
thought it could have been more than just him sitting next to Corey, but whatever. We're gonna ride. We're gonna ride this best friendship as hard as we can, I guess. Uh, but his happy place can't save him. He falls. Ashley and then Bettina, but Ashley first doesn't try. Just says, "No, nah, I can't do it. I quit," and jumps off, which. No one seemed to care, or we at least didn't see them care. I would have thought CT would have been livid over this, of like, dude, you're you're our best female, you're a champion, like we gotta win this. Nelson, we are Nelson already fell, like Ed already fell, like you've 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 got to get across. One's not gonna cut it, and you're not even trying. Um, so I was very surprised that no one mentioned that or seemed to care. I'll be interested to know if. Next week, when it's a female elimination again, if in any way that comes up again, they're like, hey, Ashley and Bettina, you both, you didn't even try on the last Daily Challenge, or maybe one of the guys is like, I ain't trying because I'm scared, and you didn't try for me. Who knows? I don't think CT would do that, and but Kyle Kyle certainly would. Um, so look out for that, Ashley and Bettina. Amanda does try and has the first bad fall of the day. Then we get the Ruby Cell. Corey, big... A un, under uh, a big moment for Corey, a bigger moment than it seemed in the moment, just because you know uh, he's one has an uh, an interesting challenge resume in general. Of uh, you know, has made a handful of finals, has always done pretty well on all the shows, but never got the win. And now he's been around so long that his you know kind of persona's changed a bit. Now he's just the dad. He ain't out here just hooking up with ladies left and right and whatever. Um, but the way he's kind of taken this leadership role on the Ruby team and just the way he's kind of still, it's kind of, he's kind of that, he's kind of like the guy in the NBA, the guy that's really, really good, but never been the all-star or maybe the hall of famer, but that hasn't won the title is a better, is a better comparison. You know, he's like a Chris Paul out there that, you know, is always, you know, he's been one of the best guys for a long time and he's looked at as one of the faces of the sport but he always ends up coming up just a little short. He's never been able to get all the way over the hump and get that title. And I think that's kind of wearing on him and it's kind of become a big part of his story this season and a little bit even last season. Um, so I, it was good to see any time where he's kind of, he's taking this team leader role and he goes out and he gets it done first, sets them up for success. Uh, Kyle messes up um, and it, it eventually costs them. They don't realize it in the moment or the other teams seem to, but the Ruby team doesn't. And the other teams maybe maybe mention it I don't, or at least smartly don't mention it so there can be dramatics at the end. But Ruby definitely eventually celebrates like they think they have this one. Um, Logan uh, definitely really puts on an impressive performance considering he, he comes clean that he's got a pulled hamstring and it's not feeling good. And he says in his confessional, I'm not planning on trying, but then, you know, a bunch of people fall. feels like we need me to do it for us to have a chance to win. So I do it. I try to got to try to do it. And then he does. And that's great. The only other thing about Ruby going is at the beginning, as they're all sitting up there, CT really goes in on Emmy beforehand and Emmy, who it sounds like is potentially scared of the ocean or, you know, the, the fish and whatever that are in the ocean, he tells her, hey, Emmy, I just saw a fish. And I'm not going to say how big it was, but it looks like it's a fish that ate all the smaller fish already and <laughs> says that if she falls, she's going to die. Um, and it's just all around kind of fucking with her mentally. And she's like losing it a little. She's freaking out up there on the platform. And we saw in the next week on those two 
kind of going at it. I mean, haven't had enough with CT, so maybe this was a little bit of laying the seeds of where that's all coming from. But Ruby thinks they put up three. They put up two. Emerald goes. I've learned through this challenge that I really don't like the Emerald team. And I say that as someone who is a huge Devon fan and a huge Tory fan. Long time Tory and Devon fans. Um, would go really, especially especially on the Tory side, it seems like there's a decent continuity. She's, she's kind of one of the polar, most polarizing people of the last few seasons. Now, I've always been hard on the, I love Tori, I love Tori on these shows. Um, and so even with two people who I really, really like, two of my favorites on this season, on their team, I can't stand this team. They annoy the shit out of me, and they annoy the shit out of me during this challenge. I'm thinking a lot of this has to do with just Josh and how mad I am that he's there and Fessy isn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a lot to do with him, honestly, which by the way, Josh falls because of course, but then, you know, cheers on and acts like his team is the best thing since sliced bread, even though he hasn't yet had much of a part of it. I won't discount the fact he could in the future, but, uh, Casey really gets it done for them. And then Devin really steps it up. Those two get them the two points. Casey, it should be said yet again, shows very well-rounded athleticism, just all-around athlete, all-around dominant on the female side. She's the only female to make it across to get a plug out, I believe. That's correct, yeah. Um, Devin gets it, has the great little quote about, you know, I'm not just brains. Don't count me out if it's physical. There's some brawn somewhere in here. Love that. We'll talk about that on Best Quote. But they get two, and then at the end, TJ drops the Kyle. You got DQ'd. You're supposed to jump off. You jumped onto the platform and grabbed, which... I, I, I get that that, you know, uh, depending how many times they hear these rules, how much questions they get to ask. I totally understand Kyle's like, I've jumped and bear hugged the last, you know, nine of these or whatever. And so I did it again. I just thought I had to get one of the plugs off, but he feels horrible about it. Emerald gets the win and Kyle mostly feels horrible because it's not just that they lost, but Emerald all gets 3K and they also get a bunch of protein packs or whatever, a big safe full of protein packs, TJ just has to stand next to this huge safe and just look awkward <laughs> standing next to it. Um, as I said, I love a sponsor. I love a prize. I would I would prefer there to be prizes for every one of these challenges like there used to be. Like, give these guys some bikes. Give these guys some cell phones. Give them some TVs. Give them some projectors, whatever. Uh, but I thought TJ looked hilarious just kind of chilling next to that big old safe. So that's your daily challenge. Now, Let's move into the third segment of the show then, uh, the kind of back of the house deliberation segment. We find out Logan is for sure hurt. They all know it. And it's pretty much just cut dry right away. Like, hey, there's six people who could be chosen. Two of them are rookies. It's one of those two. We go into the deliberation. And we start with an apology from Kyle. We see that kind of Ruby morale lifting back up of like, hey, we did really good. I'm sorry that I messed it up there and should have got us the win and didn't. He apologizes. They're all like, it's all good. It's all good. So things on Team Ruby seem to be looking up, even though they didn't quite get the win, they're looking up. Ed then nominates himself to save Logan, um, which is uh, is a bad choice. Um, it's, an, it's a noble choice. Uh, you know, he is roundly eviscerated by Ashley most fiercely of all, but I think Amanda gets in there. CT gets in there of like, dude, you've known this guy for a couple weeks. Just he's your friend, whatever. But like it's you or him and it was probably going to be him. And now you're sitting here saying, go ahead and throw me in instead. Cause I don't want my friend who's hurt to get thrown in. Um, so while 
very honorable. Yet another moment of like, Ed is just clearly an amazing human being in every single way. Um, nominating himself uh, wasn't, wasn't the best move for him. It does get interesting just for a moment. And I wish they would have maybe dwelled on it. Maybe there wasn't, there wasn't all that much talk of it, but we get Tori chiming in and saying, well, like, wait, that like Ed, I, if you're going in, you're, I'm guessing if you're doing it because you want us to not pick Logan, you're not going to pick Logan. So that means you're picking one of the four vets who are you going to pick? And he kind of just is like, uh, I don't know. And they kind of leave it at that. And I thought there's this fun moment where it's like, yeah, the, the one thing Ed had on his side is like, hey, pick me, not Logan. But if you pick me, it's not rookie versus rookie. It's rookie versus vet. And maybe that can get them to pick Logan anyways. I don't think he was actually thinking that. But I started thinking that as someone who didn't want Ed to go into elimination. Uh, was like, maybe they're going to be like, no, dude, that's noble of you. But like, we're throwing in Logan because we in Logan, we want you to pick Ed. Like, sorry. Um, but I'm guessing they're like, well, Logan, if we still throw in Logan, he's probably not going to pick Ed after all of that. So um, even if it's an easier win for the vet, like, whatever, we'll go with what the guy wanted. They nominate Ed. Um, and that is really at all that was interesting from that this whole segment of the show. Just, I think, a bad bad idea by Ed all around. Um, the, the big question mark is going to be, is Logan... You know, he says he pulled his hamstring. He says, and, you know, he's not medically DQ'd or anything or injury DQ'd. He does perform well at the daily challenge, but says openly, you know, like if I have to go into elimination, it's not going to be a good thing. A pulled hamstring, you know, in the regular sports world, you're out for multiple weeks uh, with that. Like you're not doing anything too strenuous on that. You're giving it a long time to heal. So, it kind of feels like to me it's going to be the same old story, even, you know, four or five days, whatever in real time that it is until the next male elimination comes around. Logan's still going to be kind of limping around at that point and being like, you know, my leg's not hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm kind of a wounded, uh, wounded, uh, guy here, easy to pick off. And so it feels like Ed is doing this just to prolong Logan from having to go in, but he's still going to have to go in on a bum leg and it's probably going to still end the same which means Ed might have just sent himself home pretty much for nothing, which is really sad given how much we love Ed. But let's go ahead and just talk about him getting sent home and talk about the layer and the elimination, the final segment of the show. First off, it's pole wrestle, which the moment you, you get there, you see the ring, you see the pole in the middle, the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. There's only two eliminations that do this, and they do it every single time. We already had a version of Hall Brawl with Emmy and Esther, and now we get pole wrestle. The hairs stand up. You get excited. I literally stood up out of my chair because the pole wrestle in, in challenge history has definitely given us the, the most iconic battles pretty much we've ever seen uh, uh whatever the top 10 eliminations ever are easily maybe just off the top of my head like half of them could potentially be pole wrestles and you know a few of the others are definitely hall brawls but there's a bunch of others mixed in there but whether it was you know way back on the duel where we got the two of them in one where anisa paula and wes Derek, the moment i'd like to say that the challenge became a true sport um whether it's uh, a little bit more recently, the Derek Kaczynski versus Josh um, on Vendetta's 
Vendettas, yeah, Vendettas, not Final Reckoning, Vendettas. I always confuse those two seasons on Vendettas. That one, absolute all-timer, have never seen a fight like that. Um, there's a bunch of them to pick from. This is the best, this is the best elimination. It's, it's brutal, it's extremely hard, um, it can be difficult to watch the way that, you know, fighting or wrestling or boxing, or whatever, can be difficult to watch sometimes when it gets really, really, really brutal, but it's amazing. I love it. All challenge fans, it seems, love it. And every time you see it, you just know that this, these are the episodes you look forward to. You look forward to the episodes when you get the eliminations that we love. And most seasons, you get them once, and we got it. And we got a great one. I'm glad it's not only that you get it, but then do you get a good matchup? Is it is it a letdown, or does it live up to the legacy of pole wrestling? This one certainly did. Uh, let's back up for a moment into the beginning of it. Ed, Ed can't decide who to pick. And this is where Ed makes his second mistake. Uh, we'll get to Kyle's legacy in pole wrestle in a moment. Um, but with everything that we're about to say about that um, and uh, about Kyle and his legacy in this particular game, um, he is very good and he has won it multiple times. And he is, if you've watched the game before, as a bunch of them point out, once Kyle is selected, he is long. And being long in this matters a lot. It just overall toughness and heart matters, number one. But even before strength matters, it really is strategy and length matters a ton. Because as Ed says during it, when Ed gets full extension from his body, Kyle, even if he's on his back, his arms are just longer. He can still keep hands on. And Ed can't literally get it all the way away from his body the way Kyle, if he fully extends with Ed to his side or on his back, can fully extend past Ed's grip and actually really pull it out of his hands. Um, but so for a lot of reasons, he shouldn't have picked Kyle. Obviously, he wasn't going to pick CT. There's no chance at that. So Corey and Nelson, and I just think 100%, I mean, he didn't have a good choice. It's not like he had an easy choice up there other than, obviously, Logan, who I think at full strength would be very good at this, uh, as he's, I think he'd be at almost anything in this game and has that length as well. But um, I think if even at full strength, I think Logan probably would have been the actual pick if Ed was willing to pick him. Uh, but he should have picked Nelson for a couple reasons. Between, you know, there's no shots at Nelson at all because, again, you got CT, Corey, Nelson, and Kyle. You don't want to go against any of those four in nearly any of the eliminations, really. And you certainly don't want to get go against any of them in this purely physical pole wrestle. And you could argue you want to go against Nelson almost least of all because he is, one, a great elimination record, and two, really great elimination record in the super physical ones. And I say that knowing that, yes, he has lost two different hall brawls, but both of them... Nelson versus Fessy and Nelson versus Rogan were two of the most brutal eliminations, like physically daunting eliminations ever in the history of the show. And Nelson is an absolute pit bull in those and has so much strength packed into that body and is ferocious. And you could easily argue, like, if you've seen him in a hall, you don't want to see him in a pole wrestle. But just from a strength to strength, Ed matches up with them on the strength side. They're more the actual same size as each other. And then from the mental strategic side, 
I just think while you're splitting hairs here, I would take Nelson uh, to maybe not think through his strategy or not stay 100% focused the whole time and just be trying to use brute strength and not thinking about positioning um, compared to Corey, uh, Kyle, and CT. So I think he should have picked Nelson. But he picks Kyle, and everyone immediately is like, what is this guy doing? Kyle is the king of pull wrestle. And I've got to say one thing about that, and I hate to do this because I love Kyle, um, and I am terrified that I'm about to do this potentially tomorrow uh, when I film with the Reddit React folks, uh, UK gentlemen who are huge, 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 huge Kyle fans, the K-Dog as they call them, so I'm horrified to potentially bring this up in front of them, but they... They, they kind of talk Kyle up a little, he's a little overrated is, is what I'm going to say as far as the, the praise he has given in this moment. Yes, Kyle is 2-0 in versions of pole wrestle. And the stunning part of the little, oh my God, Kyle, he's the best at pole wrestle ever montage of people talking and saying that over and over was CT who doesn't add the caveat that needs added when he says Kyle even beat me at pole wrestle like what are you doing Kyle did beat CT um he most recently on double agents beat uh I'm gonna forget his name oh my god this this is so mean to him Joseph Joseph Allen boom got it didn't forget your name remembered the whole thing from America's Got Talent even remember what show you from from but uh, he had some talents. They weren't they weren't the physical strength kind. Kyle destroyed him in that version of pole wrestle with the big hoops, which is also another key thing to say. Kyle had yet to play this game with the single stick. He played with the big hoops versus Joseph, who was I mean it's just is not that impressive a victory. I'm sorry. Um, any pole wrestle version is semi impressive because of the horrifying nature of the sport, but. And it's about as least impressive a pole wrestle victory as you can get. And then that one where, yes, back on War of the Worlds, he did technically beat CT. However, if you remember, that was a three-person pole wrestle between CT, Kyle, and, damn it, JP. JP, was that his name? JP? Yeah. Um, He was only on a couple episodes. I apologize if that was not your name. I'm starting to think that wasn't your name. But regardless, I remember guy who might have been named JP goes down and he gets thrown in and he gets to pick his opponent and he gives this little speech about, I want to take out a legend. I'm going to go for CT. And CT's like, what the fuck? Well, you got to be kidding me. Like, why would you ever pick me? You're going to lose. What are you doing? You're, you're an idiot. You're stupid. What are you doing? Um, and then TJ pipes in and is like, actually, you guys are going to pick one more person to come down here with you and they bring Kyle down. And when they do that one, it is very clearly from the start, Kyle and JP both pulling against CT. It is a two-on-one match to some degree. There's three rings. They each have their hand on two of them in a little triangle. And they both start and they're both 100% just like, I'm holding on to the one in my left hand and the one in my right hand that's with CT. I'm trying to pull from him. I'm putting my feet on him, my elbows, everything. They're both doing it. Huge disadvantage for CT. Kyle does sneak out the win in that. But again, it is very impressive because it's, again, a very difficult thing to do. CT, you're still going against CT. And JP was no slouch. He's a pretty big dude. But there are some caveats to this, like Kyle is the best pole wrestle person ever. 
let's see him go against Leroy. Um, Leroy is my Leroy. Well, I mean, Derek is the real pick, although Derek, he had this unbelievable win versus Josh, which is really a tie. Josh, Josh, sorry, that is disrespectful. Josh, 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 I am super disrespectful. Josh, who should be on the show again. And I'm begging for Josh and Rogan to come back soon. Very disrespectful that I just called you Josh. I apologize for that. But uh, Derek, th- there was a tie between them, technicality, that Joss ended up winning otherwise, or losing. Otherwise, that elimination might still be going on to this very moment. Um, Derek did lose way back when to Wes on the duel in that epic match. Um, so part of me would want to say him, but really uh, uh, Leroy is the, is, is the one who, if I had to pick across the challenge, Kind of want him. He's he's won a few of those versus some pretty good competition. But anyways, Kyle has this reputation, and he backs it up and gets by far the most impressive of now his three wins in this. This one is very impressive, and it's not just because I'm a completely biased towards Ed, but Ed's a big dude, and he's a smart dude, and, uh, you know, he's fighting like hell. He's throwing Kyle around. There was a moment early in the first round Kyle gets Ed on his back right away. And you're like, oh, shit, Kyle has all the strategy. Ed, you know, Ed has no idea what positioning is going to matter. He's just going pure strength. But then Ed flips it, gets on top of Kyle. And there's a moment that really was reminiscent of on All-Stars 1 fairly recently. The first elimination they did was pull wrestle. And poor Ace was picked up and slammed into the ground repeatedly by Letarian. And there was a moment where Ed, I think he got one in, where he actually kind of lifted Kyle and dropped him. And I thought we were about to get another one of those moments, and, and Ed was just going to beat it out of Kyle. But couldn't, didn't quite have the strength to lift Kyle's big dude up again. Um, so they fight. It's, a, it's an absolute battle. And Kyle wins. It's very, very impressive feel great for him. I do love Kyle. So as much as I was rooting for Ed in this, it was extremely hard. It probably was about the last person, the hardest person non-CT category it would have been to root against, but I was because I just love Ed so that much. So I apologize for rooting against you, Kyle. I still love you. You are still amazing. You are still essential to this television program and you got a very impressive win. And now I think I've earned that title of the pole wrestle king for the time being. Ed is going home. And we got to pour one out for our guy. Ed uh, is easily, we're just going to say it now, even though there's some season left and some good rookies still hanging on by dear life. Ed was our favorite rookie this season. I think he was the best rookie. Um, He might not have had the biggest, biggest impact on the storylines itself, but from coming in looking like Peter Pan without the pants on to getting a daily challenge win to getting an elimination win to clearly just being a joy to be around in the house. Everyone clearly loved having this guy in there and just everything about him. Loved, 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 especially that TJ gives him the I'm confident we'll see you back in the future. Great to hear that anytime a rookie goes out of the game, TJ give them the stamp of approval of you should come back. Ed needs to come back. You got to bring this guy back. He's such a ball of energy and joy. He's got a crazy personality. It's a lot different than anyone else on the show. He kind of represents a uh, being from a place that isn't super represented on this show. Um, and so love, love everything about Ed. Loved get, that we got to see Tammy and super duper sad to see him uh, go. But 
thought he had a great first season. Hopefully it will not be his last. Hopefully he won't be have to be an alternate in the future. And we're just going to bring him back main cast next season. Let's go. Bring Ed back for the sake of us all. And if you were someone out there who does not share these feelings, if you if you if you watched this show and watched Ed on this show and aren't just brought a smile brought to your face every time he's on the screen, everything he does, the dance moves, everything, then then we're not watching the same program because this guy, he's just awesome. So love Ed. We'd love to get him on this podcast and talk to him someday soon. So maybe we'll try to make that happen to keep him in our lives as challenge fans. But he's going home. Kyle is staying. He is victorious. And he has a big, big decision to make. In the end of the episode, we get Kyle deciding, you know, he's kind of made up with Team Ruby. He feels bad. He feels like part of a team again. He feels bad that he let him down. But he has he doesn't want to be on their team. Not at all. But unlike at the last episode and even beginning of this episode where we thought Emerald, 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 I just want to be on Team Emerald, he goes quickly with Sapphire. And he says... I want to be on Team Sapphire, and we learn, because we didn't learn last episode, we knew he was. We knew when Ashley got to pick that it was said you would replace someone, but that, that rule wasn't 100% clear yet because she didn't. She went back to her own team, and so when he says, I want to be Team Sapphire, I'm thinking, oh, all right, so he takes Ed's spot. He sent Ed's home, Ed home, so he gets to take Ed's spot, and now, you know, Ruby team's down to freaking four people. That's a bummer. But he, it's quickly, no, he replaces someone. No matter what, if you join a new team, even if you just sent someone from that team home, you also are replacing and kicking someone from that team off. And so he says, Nelson, sorry, buddy, but you're over the Ruby. I'm on Sapphire. I want to be with CT. And uh, that was an interesting little twist. Uh, It makes sense from from a numbers perspective of like, we don't want, you know, we don't want, uh, if two people from the same team get put in versus each other and, you know, and the winner wants to go to a different team, then that team just lost two. They, they, they want to avoid any way of a team losing two people in one one elimination. So that's smart. It keeps teams more balanced. We got six, five, and five now. But a couple questions that come out of it. One, did Kyle just fuck Sapphire completely over because – the 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 fact if it wasn't if he didn't send Nelson over it would been totally make all the sense in the world. You join that team, you got a stack team, you and Emerald Ruby is just in shambles over there with not that many people. But instead, now you're joining a team where it's just you and CT on the men's side, which from a strategy standpoint, no one's throwing CT in. They're just they're just not. Um, and if by any chance I guess Devin and Josh both have openly said they want to throw CT in at some point because they don't want to go in a final versus him. So maybe Emerald wins on a guy's week. They would take the shot and throw CT in. But like now that you did this and got and weakened his team, he's picking you to go against probably uh, assuming the only team that's going to throw him in would be Emerald. If they win, then it's, you know, I guess maybe if Logan's still there and hurt two episodes from now, maybe he would take them, whatever. But Sapphire goes from CT, Ed, and Nelson on the male side to CT and Kyle. Kyle, a very good competitor, but as CT notes, can be just a bit of, you know, a wild card. He can bring the drama. He can be a little bit of a chaos agent, and CT didn't want that. CT wanted his two super strong workhorses that just did whatever he said, 
And now Nelson bumps over. He's with Corey as they should have been from the start. Corey hilariously is like, oh, I've been waiting so long to be uh, on a team with my guy. And Nelson is like, you literally last episode could have picked to be on team with your guy Nelson and you chose not to. So what? <laughs> um, but uh, but it feels like Sapphire took a huge hit and, um, and Ruby kind of got out of it with a little bit of a gain as much as, you know, Nelson, Kyle would say, Depends on the challenge, which one I would maybe take over the other, but they're both very good competitors. Um, but Ruby gets to keep a, all three guys um, and get an even 5-5, five, five, and now Sapphire is the one team with only two on the guy's side and on the women's side is now has Amanda and Ashley who are maybe going to start looking at, like, maybe this team isn't the alliance that we originally thought. Who knows? But it is interesting turn of fate for sapphire and then the other thing is we alluded earlier to is logan's leg actually going to feel better is or you know how hurt is he is it a full-on pulled hamstring where it's like he's not he's not going to be fine the he's going to eventually just get thrown in and lose because he's because he's hurt and that's that's a legit injury or is he just is it kind of like you know it it started to cramp up a little bit or whatever kind of freaked him out and it actually is fine on if you get three or four days of actual rest on it and massaging it and whatever, and it, it's good to go. If that is the case, and Logan is good to go at some point here, is Ruby quietly stacked? Because we've sung Logan's praises a few times this season um, at full strength. He's very good at the, the challenges and the eliminations put forth here. Nelson and Corey have made finals. They've won eliminate, a lot of eliminations. They, are, they haven't won those finals, but they are very pretty good at getting there and and then on you know the women's side emmy and big t are no slouches for sure and just now that it's five five six and they showed in this challenge they could compete with the other teams kind of ruby going up the power rankings if i were to power rank the three the three teams now i don't i don't know sapphire definitely not in top spot anymore unfortunately emerald is in the top spot now and i don't know who i would put second so Interesting turns of fate. Uh, final notes before we move into our awards. Uh, the next week on Clip, usually we don't comment on it, but just to quickly say, if you didn't catch it or watch it, next week, the 500th episode, which, unbelievable. Um, I would have actually, if you would have told me to guess how many episodes there had been of the challenge, I wouldn't have guessed quite that many. I would have said we were around like in 350 to 400 range. I don't know. If they're counting, you know, just the 37 seasons, or are they counting All-Stars and Champs for Stars as well? Um, are they counting reunions? Are they not counting reunions? I don't know how. But either way, amazing milestone and achievement. Maybe it's it can't be the 500 daily challenge. Um, who knows? But uh, we're going to get that. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. And we're going to get two different kind of showdowns, war words, one between Nelson and Kyle, one between CT and Emmy. Looking forward to both of those. So... That was your three segments in one full episode breakdown segment by segment. Let's now that we've been talking for a dang long time already. Let's go ahead and hand out some awards and update those power rankings before we get on out of here. Five awards to hand out. As always, we will start with the best and the worst strategy. Start positive first. Best strategy. Only two nominees uh, for this week. There wasn't a ton of strategic gameplay going on. There was a lot of strategy being discussed or future possible strategy uh, being discussed and different scenarios and ways the game could go. But our two nominees are Logan, um, mostly because 
I think he he played up the injury card in just the right way and got the sympathy from his friend, and I mean it, it worked. So whether whether he was playing that card purposely or not. It did work, so give him a nod for good game, good strategy there. The other one, and the winner of the award for the best strategy of this episode is the Emerald team for their choice of Ed, knowing um, that it means a vet is going in and that a weak player in Logan, and I only say weak player because of the injury, um, but knowing, hey, Ed's willing to put himself on the line, and so it's not even if the other vets out there like, hey, call out Logan, maybe he'll call out Ed, like try to get this rookie rookie still, like do anything he can. They're like, hey, he, he volunteered himself, and we know if we pick him, he's going to pick one of the strong vets that he has to pick from, you four to go against. Maybe one of you goes home, maybe Ed goes home, but either way, Logan, who is injured, stays on Ruby, and our chances of winning next daily challenge continue to go up. So, uh, as, as much as I was getting annoyed with their team at different points in this episode, it was the right choice by them to say Ed. Uh, he kind of made the choice for them. But either way, again, there wasn't a lot of strategy going on. So best strategy, the Emerald team for picking Ed and keeping Logan on the Ruby team. Worst strategy, three nominees. Ed, first, as painful as it is to say, I don't want to nominate my, my favorite guy there for uh, the worst strategy award, but... You did throw yourself in, and then you did pick Kyle instead of Corey or Nelson, who I think would have been mildly easier, uh, relatively easier than Kyle in that elimination. Not that they would have been easy by any means. So, you, again, he had no good choices. But um, you, you throw yourself in, and you pick a guy who's won the won the elimination twice um, and who has a lot of advantages on you in it. Not good strategy. Um, <laughs> the guy he sent home. Second nominee Emerald Squad, again, just for making everyone hate them. Seems like they, uh, I don't think I was the only one annoyed with them during the Daily Challenge. I think the other two teams are definitely getting fed up and annoyed quickly with the Emerald Squad. Um, Emerald Cell, excuse me. And third nominee for Worst Strategy is Kyle. I, as much as I just said that about Emerald, he should have picked the Emerald team um, for a couple of reasons. One, no one is picking CT, as we said before, and the only one that might is if the Emerald win and want to finally take their shot at CT, but that means he's now upset at you, and if he looks around, he's like, Corey, Nelson, If I guess if Logan's still there, he would go for Logan, but really, he's probably like, I don't like you, Kyle, and uh, I want to pick you because if I win... I am going to then go to one of the other two teams with that have a bunch of good guys left and replace whichever one I think is the weakest one, but join a, a good team again. So um, don't think you should have went there for that. Um, you're kind of just the only guy up for elimination on your team in, in a lot of a lot of decision-making power and whatnot. Um, and again, I think I just think if you go to Emerald and you kick off a Manuel, now you're on the team of six. You're on the team with the two dominant females of the house competitively and yes you got Devin and Josh and you know they have their moments physically but Devin certainly has them on the mental side the strategy side and they both have them on the social political alliance um and Nani's still there you've worked well with Nani before you like Nani you got good chemistry there so I think you should have picked Emerald 
I'm giving the award for worst strategy to Emerald. They're a double winner. They have the best strategy of the week and the worst strategy, making everyone hate you. Never a good strategy in the house. Let's move on to best quote. We have one, two, three, four, five, six nominees. Uh, first one, it comes from those Zoom calls, Nelson, when referring to his mom watching the show and screaming at TJ for the shit she makes her kid do. Loved that quote from Nelson, so let's hear that from him himself. Hey, Mom. My mom is nervous each time I'm going into a challenge. She's screaming at the TV sometime at TJ. Why are you putting my son through that? How you been? Are you okay? Uh, Nominee number two is then Kyle, who, during that wonderful and amazing and hilarious uh, chat with Amanda, amongst others, about childbirth, says how he thought childbirth was going to go. And I'll just let him explain what he expected the process to look like. Here we go, Kyle. Cut the umbilical cord? I don't know. You have to, all dads do. I just thought the baby came out and it had a bow on top of its head and it was smiling and everything was good. And it'll go, hi dad, and I'll go, hey man, how's it going? This is hard. I never realized pregnancy was this brutal. Third nominee is then Tori, who lets it be known right in confessional, right before she's about to be shown going in the daily challenge, that yes. She thinks she's pretty good at challenges. However, she's more of a land animal. So let's hear that one from Tori. I'm terrified. Like, I might be a good challenger on land, but I'm a straight land animal. Your girl isn't good on heights. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I can't even move my legs right now. Then we got Devin letting you know not to count him out. We referenced this quote earlier. We very much liked it. Let's hear the full thing from him. Nominee number four from Devin. Don't count me out in physical missions, okay? I'm not just a brain. I've got a little bit of brawn in me tucked somewhere underneath all of this. Let's go. Kyle, as usual, didn't just have one quote of the week nominee. He had a second one when, as he's laying in bed, he's pathetically face down. He's like, oh, I lost my team the challenge. Now I'm in the chopping block. I feel like I'm going into elimination. CT, let me just commiserate to you. And in the confessional mentions that he feels like he's just about to get eaten. And he's not just one course meal. He's a three course meal. Let's hear that one from Kyle. Sick as this is honestly the worst day I've ever had in the challenge. I lost my team the daily mission. It's a men's elimination. The agent that gets voted in the lair gets to choose who they go against. People are gonna be looking at me like I'm a free course lunch, like I'm dessert, like they all wanna just eat me up. And finally, CT making what I believe is maybe his first time in Quote of the Week nominee, um, but talking about the difference between vets and rookies and how they play the game and how sometimes you got to expect the unexpected from those rookies. So take it away, CT. I don't know what Ed's going to do. Rookies play the game differently. They're impulsive. They're emotional. They play with their feelings. This could be a game changer. Those are six, and for I don't know how many times this year, second, third, fourth, maybe time, Kyle brings home the quote of the week, and we're giving it to his first one. I just thought the baby would come out with a bow on its head. We'd say, what up? I'd say, what up? That is just hilarious. And Kyle, 
for all, all us guys out there to say nothing of the miracle work that the women of this world do in actually giving the birth. I'm right there with you. It would be great if, if that could be, if, if childbirth could just be that easy for everyone. But as Amanda explained to you, it can't. And speaking of Amanda explaining childbirth to Kyle, moment of the week, Corey's boot camp nominated the elimination. Pole wrestle always going to get nominated for moment of the week. But the moment of the week is Amanda explaining childbirth to Kyle. That quote comes straight out of that. We could have picked anything really said back and forth between them as good quotes of for quote of the week. The whole moment is fantastic. Amanda is loving every bit of it. And again, as we said earlier, there couldn't have been a more perfect person to be the one explaining childbirth. And there couldn't have been a more perfect person to be on the receiving end of that explanation than Amanda and Kyle. It was just everything you could have ever wanted. Too bad they're not partnered together anymore because I feel like they really bonded a lot during that. So Amanda explained childbirth. Kyle, the moment of the week and the MVP of the episode, controversial pick going to be here. But Amanda, because of that amazing moments as well, some good confessionals and a good attempt at the Daily Challenge. She received a couple votes. CT received some votes for completing the Daily being kind of showing that old school CT being a dick a little bit, um, which is going to come back, it sounds like, in next episode. Um, and just kind of being CT and clearly being powerhouse of it. He always is kind of going to receive some MVP votes. Kyle received a lot of votes. Some would say maybe he should be the MVP of this episode with you know the moment of him calling home, getting to see the ultrasound, him being a part of that best moment with childbirth explained to him. He gets the elimination win. You know, he he has the DQ, but is, you know, the memorable part of the Daily Challenge. This, this was a very Kyle-heavy episode, but my biased self, I'm sorry, Kyle. You can, get, you can win MVP another day because the only one that's winning MVP of this episode for me is Ed because he's got to win MVP on his way out because he is the rookie MVP of this season for me in a crop of a lot of awesome rookies. We've liked a... Pretty much all of them across the board, but even more so, we've we I would like to see a, a lot of them come back. Uh, most of them got approval ratings from me of like, should they come back or or would I like to see them back? And a way higher percentage than usual get the yeah, I would love to see them back. Um, thumbs up from me, but Ed is at the top of that list. I I don't have to say anymore. We we did it all earlier. Love 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 Ed. Can't wait to have him back. He better be back. Please 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 let him back. If he's not. Um, I'm just going to have to go to Conshohocken or where, whatever the heck his little town is called, find him and hang out with him because he is just such such a bundle of joy uh, and a great hang, clearly. So he is also the MVP of this episode, fair or not. And that brings us finally to our power rankings and our predictions. So power rankings first. Let's do... We are now on our third week now of doing individual power rankings. Um, we mentioned earlier team-wise, Emerald, clearly the top team for the time being. And that, that's going to be reflected by where some of the members of their team stand in the power rankings. Um, but these are individual power rankings, and these are still based on are you who's going to make the final and equally who's going to win that final. So this is not purely just power ranking of who I think is going to win this season, but um, of who I think has the best chance of making the final and possibly winning. And I am still expecting, I do not think they are going to run the final as three teams. I think they're going to end back up in some sort of pairs or individual. I could very well be wrong. Part of me hopes I'm wrong. I hope they do the team final. And there's a 
an argument for that that actually came up from in this episode. Nani mentions in it that this could be the season because of her stacked team that she could get that elusive win if it's not an individual or a pair and it's a team setting. She can be a great part of a team. Um, so that's an interesting thing to get, you know, back in the earlier challenges. There was a, it was all, you know, mostly teams for a long time or bigger groups and whatnot. Um, and then around, you know, it, in near, you know, the fresh meets were pairs, dual were individual, but we had, you know, Gauntlet's teams, Inferno's teams, Battle of the Sexes teams, a bunch of team stuff. And around the 15 to 20 range, we got dual two, we got fresh meet two, Cutthroat was the three team, but then we hit rivals in season 21 and it turned into, you know, pairs and individuals for the most part from then out. So be nice to see more people get that win again. Uh, but anyways, let's get to the power rankings. On the female side, they go as follows. We'll read it all the way through and then give our comments on it. Casey, Tori, Amanda, Ashley, Nani, Big T, Emmy, Bettina. And yes, you will notice the rookies are at the bottom. The vets are at the top. There are only four total rookies left in the game. Two women, two men. Um, and I think Emmy and Bettina are both next week. I, I think there's a very good chance that uh, that could be the the uh, elimination. I think the vets are going to kind of keep sticking to that. And um, so that's why I have those two at the bottom. And then as far as the top goes, Casey and Tori just both on the team that's won two dailies in a row and are the, I don't think are going to get called out by anyone. And I would think each other are the ones that would maybe throw them in, but Amanda and Ashley or maybe the others on the Sapphire team, if they could get a win, would be like, we need to take a shot at these girls that we think might beat us in the final um, so they're at the top, Amanda and Ashley being on that other team together is why they're in third and fourth, Nani in fifth, only because basically I, I look at her team as she's the one that might, if someone has to get called out, um, to go down in, no one's calling out Casey or Tori. So if it's, you know, Sapphire wins and, and Emmy gets thrown in, she might be like, I like big T she's on my team. Like Nani, it's gotta be you. Same thing on Sapphire. I feel like if uh, Ruby wins in, in Amanda or Ashley or Bettina get thrown in, they're not going to pick their own team. Maybe Amanda or Ashley might go for Bettina, um, but they might. Nani, Nani's just a little more susceptible because of where she stands on within her own team. And then Big T um, is the one I just think because Ruby, you know, maybe has a better time, chance of winning these dailies now, um, but. Uh, I think is just going to get is is ripe to get called out fair or not. So that's your your female side. On the male side, we've got CT, Devin, Corey, Nelson, Kyle, Josh, Emmanuel, Logan. CT at the top. He's not he's he's not not been at the top any bit the whole time season. Individual pairs, teams, whatever. I still think he's going to win. I still think he's in a great shot to do so. Um, then I got Devin second. Basically, you know, I predicted earlier on that uh, a few weeks ago that I don't think Devin's going to see an elimination. I think he's still managing that well, is looking like he's going to be able to potentially avoid those. Um, same thing as on the female side, on the male side, for no reason other than the last rookies left, Manuel and Logan at the bottom of this list, just because I think... I think we've seen the vets are just going to stick this thing all the way through. And they're going to, they're gonna, if they need to, if they have to pick someone, they're going to pick the rookie and they're on different teams. So those, their team can't, they both, both can't win on the same, you know, male week and both be safe. So 
I just think they're going to be in multiple ones. And then I have Josh and Kyle, who I think are a little more likely to get called out to go into versus someone or called out by someone to come down into elimination than Nelson and Corey, which is why they're a little bit lower than those two, but those are very interchangeable. It's really CT at the top and the rookies at the bottom and everyone in between is kind of interchangeable for me right now. On to the predictions, final segment here. The predictions, every week we make one, we add one prediction to our list of season-long predictions. We have 11 so far, two of which we have gotten right on technicality, but we said Tori would have five-plus partners. She had four, was on her way to a fifth, a known fifth, but then they switched the teams, which I counted the team as the fifth. Same thing, CT was going to be picked two or more times. He was on his way to being picked for the second time, and then everyone... We switched the teams, and I counted the teams. So I counted those on technicality. Those two I got right. We are now up to three that have got wrong. Fessy, first vet targeted. I got that wrong. He did the first targeting of a vet. I said Anissa would make the final. I got that wrong. And I had said Ed would make the final. And unfortunately, I am wrong about that. The ones I still have in play. CT is going to win. That is still in play. Devin will make it further than Josh. That is still in play. Josh and Amber will not make the final. Half of that is correct. The other one we're still waiting on. We will not see any more DQs for injury or fighting. That's not looking great based on the next week on where we could maybe get some more fighting or just the fact that Logan still has a bum leg, but it seems like he's going to stick it out and have to be eliminated, eliminated. So we'll see on that one. Devin will not see an elimination unless a rule or purge forces everyone to do so. That's still in play. And then at last week, our new one was Ruby Team is the cast-off team. Everyone would want off of it, which so far was true, but I, I specified what two-plus Ruby Team members would volunteer for elimination, and it was a Sapphire that volunteered this week. So this is still in play, but not looking so good since we already got a volunteer and it wasn't from Ruby. So those are our 11 predictions. And the the new one that we'll add is the one I actually just referenced a moment ago. I am going to go ahead and say that the final challenge will be individual and not in teams. It will be an individual finals, not teams. They will find that out at the final challenge. Um, but that's that's the new prediction that we're adding to the list. So. That is your new prediction. That is your predictions. That's your power rankings. That's your awards. That's your everything. Episode 11. I thank you for sticking it out through this whole alternate format version of this Challenge Historian recap with me. And again, I will remind you, if you've made it all the way here and you've loved every minute of this and you want more about this particular episode, catch me on the Redditors React podcast. That will be out on Friday. We film tomorrow. Well, that will be out on Friday. And you know, check out their podcast, their Instagram. Check out the Reddit forums. I, myself, um, really need to get more active on the very active challenge subreddit. So if you're not on there, great place for some challenge community and content. But you can hear that, that podcast Coming up, we'll be talking about episode 11 and kind of the season in general, I assume. And then I will be back next week with Tuesday Review Preview, Wednesday Recap, and maybe next, I don't know if next week's when we're going to drop our All-Stars 2 Preview, but it's either next week or the very beginning of the following one. We've got three three weeks from tomorrow, All-Stars 2 drops, so sometime in the next three weeks, we'll probably do it about two weeks out, which I guess is next week. So maybe we'll see if we can get everything Built up for that, do a three podcast week. Follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian. Follow us at YouTube, Challenge Historian, where we are going to be pitching a new season of the challenge uh, that we think would be the best season ever. I know I've said this like three or four weeks in a row now, but 
it's going to happen. It's actually going to be up there. I'm learning the editing software that I need now to actually make a cool video for you all, not just be me talking out of lens the way these podcast ones are. So follow us on YouTube, Instagram, check out Redditors React Podcast this week to see me on it, but any week to get some good challenge content. And with that, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Pour one more out for our guy, Ed. Hope to see him back and hope to see you back next week for our Tuesday review preview and our Wednesday recap. The season is picking up steam. It is getting stronger. It's getting better. I'm loving every minute of it. Hope you are too. Can't wait to talk more about it in the future. Until then, peace.